Bible. Sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday. I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm so glad you joined us today. Um, this uh, hot, muggy Thursday here in Jacksonville. <laughs> Seems like when uh, when we're not getting rain, we just got hot and muggy uh, heat, heat stroke weather. So anyway, I uh, hope you are doing well. It is July 13th. And it is Guest Thursday, and the guest that we have scheduled today is no stranger. He's been on several times. In fact, he spoke at our SWAT training day uh, last year. And I'm happy to have him on. Uh, from Grace to You, the Executive Director, Phil Johnson. Phil, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure always. Uh, first of all, um, let's get the elephant in the room. How's John MacArthur doing? How's his health? I think he's doing fine. He uh, he actually has uh, been preaching, except for last Sunday, uh, because we had a guest speaker. Steve Lawson was there, but uh, he gets in the pulpit and uh, sounds as strong as he always has to me. I, I think, you know, he's just turned 84, so uh, he probably is not as energetic as he would have been 30 years ago, but He's more energetic than I am, and I'm 15 years younger than he is. So. <laughs> well, that's my second question. How's Phil Johnson doing? I think I'm doing good, uh, feeling good. And uh, the only the only complaint I have is I can't keep up with my workload. I'm always uh, swarmed under by overdue deadlines and things. Wow. Well, well, you have a lot to do. Are are you you're still an elder at Grace Church, correct? That's right. All right. And so, uh, you know, as an elder, for, for people who might just be tuning in, by the way, um, uh, thanks to all our li- listeners up in the Virginia Beach area and Chesapeake who listen on the Lighthouse and in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER and WMOX and here in the Jacksonville area. If you're new to SWAT, SWAT, stands, SWAT radio is it's, it's not a podcast. We do podcasts, but it's live radio. It's live every day from three to four. And, you know, um, Phil, live radio is, is not popular like it used to be, but it's still a lot of people listen. And we're glad you can join us live because I know you have a busy schedule, but to fit us in. But um, uh, Phil Johnson is the executive director of Grace to You, which is the teaching ministry of John MacArthur, and then he's an elder at Grace Church, where John's a pastor, and has been there for quite a while. And Phil, I recently got a text about a movie coming out called The Essential Church, and uh, I, I saw that it came from Grace. Can you describe for our listeners what that movie's about? It's coming out, I think, in two weeks. It's going to be a theatrical release at, at a major uh, movie theaters like Cinemark, Tinseltown here in Jacksonville. I know I think it's going to be there and some other places. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the, the Essential Church movie? Yes, it's a documentary that traces uh, the history since the Protestant Reformation, at least, 
of uh, conflicts between church and government. Uh, I think it, it arose in the wake of the the COVID crisis. Most of your listeners, I think, will be aware of and remember that Grace Church was uh, in a prolonged sort of dispute with the local government here in Los Angeles County who wanted us to close down for months and months and months in the COVID thing. And uh, and the church said, no, we need to meet. Um, and the title of the of the documentary, The Essential Church, comes from the fact that the California governor and our local government uh, said, well, we'll open businesses and, and organizations that are essential. Uh, and so they opened gambling casino, casinos and uh, uh, massage parlors and things like that, but they wanted to keep the church closed, saying the church isn't really essential. And so the, uh, the documentary shows why the church is essential and, and some of the some of the political machinations that were going on to try to keep churches closed, not just here in Los Angeles, but uh, the documentary profiles two churches in Canada uh, whose pastors were actually put in jail because they, they opened during the, the quarantine. Yeah. And you know, uh, you guys amassed a, a lot of fines in going against those mandates out there. Uh, and ended up getting a legal victory, right, against that. It, I don't think you guys had to pay anything, did you? No, no. In fact, uh, the county government agreed to pay the church mm. in the end. Uh, they didn't want any kind of lawsuit because they didn't want the county health officials to have to testify under oath. Uh, <laughs> and so when the church's attorneys said, look, let's depose the county health officials and make them swear under oath, about what's actually going on, the county dropped the lawsuit and paid the church. And, um, and the, the documentary tells the story of all of that. It's quite fascinating, actually. Yeah. And so, well, I, I want to encourage uh, our listeners, Bill, where, where would be the best place for them to go to get more information about the church, the essential church? Would it be to, to go to the Grace website? Do you all have anything at Grace to you about it yet? Or is there anything out there, one site dedicated I, to I, it? Yes, there is. There's a website. I think it's called theessentialchurch.com. Uh, I should have been prepared to give you that. But uh, if you just do a Google search for the essential church, it'll take you to the website that promotes the film. Okay, well, uh, I just did that real quick, and it is called EssentialChurchMovie.com. EssentialChurchMovie.com. They've got a teaser on there. Um, They've got uh, other things that you can see on the site, how to get the word out. And let me encourage you to to really uh, get the word out about this. I think it it would be really essential for you to see the essential church because uh, anything that is put out by grace to you uh, and, and grace church, I highly commend they have been around, you know, Phil, one of the things I watched the teaser and they were, the teaser showed that a guy putting in a red, you know, label cassette. I had many of those when I was in the Marine Corps, we used to get those and it was just kind of, it just brought back a lot of memories to see that guy put in the red label, John MacArthur, grace to you church out there, uh, messages. And then to hear that old archived message, talk about how important church is to gather 
in in light of you know and then the one time we go against the government is when they tell us to do something that the bible says not to do or they tell us not to do something that the bible says we should do so highly encourage go see essentialchurchmovie.com phil just your take because california tends to be it used to be five to ten years ahead of everybody else and i don't know if it's as fast now it may because of social media and everything it may have but you're still ahead in how you deal with things what do you see happening with the church you know at large the the, the universal church in light of where things are in our world right now moving forward post-covid you know g- going through the things we're going through with guys like dr john getting older and like you said, he's just not as strong. John, you know, other people, other pastors and ministers out there uh, who tended to be the voices among at least our culture, where do you see the church in in three to five years as far as what we're having to deal with major issues? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I It seems to me that we are at a turning point. If you read church history, there are these these moments in church history where uh, mainstream believers uh, and churches, denominations, schools, all that tend to slowly apostatize. You you can see that really clearly if you if you read you know a biography of Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end of his life, he was embroiled in this controversy called the Downgrade Controversy, which stemmed from an article that he published in his magazine that actually pointed out that there are cycles of apostasy that have affected uh, biblical Christianity. Churches tend to drift, so do schools and denominations, and and the the drift is always in the same direction, and it always follows the same pattern. That's what Spurgeon was arguing, and he was saying we're in the midst of a of a revolution, the beginning of a, of a downgrade like that right now, and he was exactly right. What he was dealing with was modernism, which, of course, swept into large denominations and and derailed most of the mainstream denominations in America and and England in the and throughout the Western world. Uh, and out of that then emerged smaller churches, independent churches, independent evangelical churches, which sort of carried the proclamation of the gospel through the 20th century. You had schools like Moody Bible Institute, which wasn't tied to any denomination or big organization. And uh, Moody had Moody remained faithful to its founding principles for more than 100 years. And I think what we're seeing now is the beginning of another major wave of apostasy and downgrade. It's going to be a huge falling out. Uh, The truth is you can trace these trends all the way back into Scripture. And it's always a remnant who remain faithful. The mainstream always goes off track. And I think that's what we're seeing now, that even among people who self-identify as evangelicals, the mainstream of that movement is derailed and has been derailing for probably 30 or 40 years with pragmatism and shallow teaching and all of that. But there's a smaller remnant and a lot of younger men in ministry who are doing expository preaching uh their their doctrine is tied to the the confessional history of you know protestant christianity and i think they will emerge as the the ones who carry the gospel through 
at least to the end of the 21st century if the Lord doesn't return. Uh, so what we're seeing now, I think, is a transition from, you know, Moody Wheaton style evangelicalism to uh, maybe a more robust um, sort of with, with its with its roots in the Reformation uh, brand of evangelicalism. But it's a smaller group. And um, so, so it looks perhaps discouraging. But I think, you know, the gates of hell don't aren't going to triumph against the church and those that faithful remnant will carry the testimony of the gospel through and mm. uh that that so you know i have i'm not, I'm not pessimistic about you're hopeful the, the that's you're, you're hopeful that's yeah. good well well listen i want to let our listeners know that uh you can go to for for grace to you resources which are amazing you can go to www.gty.org. And when you listen to any of my, uh, the sermons on there uh, from their vast history, you can search by topic. You can search by, um, by uh, you know, the scripture. That voice at the beginning is Phil Johnson's voice um, <laughs> who says he's usually tell, welcoming you to listen. He has a resource for you. And Phil's been there for quite a while it's a great website with lot. You've done an amazing job, Phil, with that uh, Grace to You website, gty.org. Also, talking about church history, you can go to Romans 45. That's R O M A N S 45.org for the Spurgeon archive and all kinds of good resources there that Phil has put together. And uh, you can go to Team Pyro. Dot blogspot. One of the first things I ever read about Phil Johnson was on Team Pyro, T-E-A-M-P-Y-R-O.blogspot.com. And finally, Twitter, Phil underscore Johnson. You can go to at Phil underscore Johnson um, for his Twitter. He's got really great, great, great treats. Did you hear me say that? I got that mixed up. Great tweets. That was a tongue twister. Anyway, Phil, we got to go to our first break. We'll be back with more of Phil Johnson after our break. Stay tuned to SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Jacksonville at 91.7. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, July 13th. I have Phil Johnson, the Executive Director of Grace to You, uh, today as my guest. Again, I wanted to give you those resources. It's gty.org. Unbelievable amount of resources. Um, and uh, he also does romans45.org, which is great on Spurgeon, a lot of Spurgeon and church history stuff there. Teampyro.blogspot, which is just blogs from the past. A lot of good insights there. And then uh, his Twitter is Phil underscore Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, Phil, I, I one of the my favorite things to do when we travel, we go to gty.org and I scroll through Q&As because there's like 70 different Q&As that uh, John has done over the years. I, I don't know if that was your idea, his idea, or the elders there, but it that is, to me, one of my wife and I's mine's favorite things to do when we travel is to put in the Q&A and just listen to John take questions from the, the congregation. It's such, it's, it's, yeah, those are great. Yeah, they really are. In fact, they, they, they started doing those before I came here. I've been here 40 years and, uh, John does that two or three times a year. Uh, so, and we keep recordings of all of them and they're all cataloged. So pretty much any question you can imagine has been thrown his way. And they do those completely unscripted. Nobody, uh, vets the questions or, uh, makes no. people put them in writing so that we can pick the easy ones. But John will just answer pretty much anything anybody brings to the microphone. Uh, and he's really good at it. It's, it's pretty amazing. I, I think if you want to understand John MacArthur's grasp of scripture, uh, listen to a few of those Q and A's and just notice how, how skilled he is at taking a question that some of these are very difficult questions and uh, he'll answer with scripture off the top of his head. It's pretty amazing. Well, it is. And the thing that I've loved about it is he takes questions from young people, children, really, like, I mean, eight to 10 years old, all the way up to 90 years old. And you never know what question is going to be asked. And, and you have to have a good grasp of scripture to deal with the breadth of questions that he has there. So it, it, it's it's really it's really uh helpful so and you like you said you've been with him for 40 years and you came you shared with me when you were here for our retreat that you edited the book the gospel according to jesus right you you helped edit that uh, that's right okay yep. well over the last i guess four to five weeks uh, we have been dealing with the issue of the kingdom of god uh, the true gospel and you know whether you call it lordship which some people attributed basically that book um, was other than the bible the most influential book in my my growth in christ and it, it really so i one i'm very appreciative for you doing that but i thought since we have you on here today can we talk a little bit about jesus preaching the kingdom of god not accepting Jesus into your heart, not, you know, just praying a prayer, but how he went around and, you know, he preached about the kingdom, which is God's authority in our life and the fact that God rules and he, he saves us, 
but he doesn't save us to not be changed. And a little bit about repentance. Can we go through some of those issues real quick, or at least in the next sec, the second? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the- absolutely. And you bring you bring up a good a good point. When Jesus preached, he called it the gospel of the kingdom. And five times in Scripture, I think starting with John the Baptist says it once, and then Jesus says it four times. They say the kingdom is at hand. Uh, so that was that was how Jesus introduced his message, and in fact, it was usually in tandem with a call to repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was John the Baptist's message, and when Jesus began to preach, he preached the same message, repent. Well, and the apostles preached it, and Paul preached it, and yet there is a multitude of churches and ministries today that say that if you preach on repentance, you're putting works out there. I know you guys have dealt with this. You dealt with it with the gospel according to Jesus, and you deal with it now. Like, you know, one of the things that um, we, 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 we talked about earlier this week is the gospel, Bonhoeffer said this, that the gospel is actually protected by the preaching of repentance, which calls sin, sin, and declares the sinner guilty. Why do you think in your 40 years of being out there, what, what's the most dominating reason that preachers fail to preach on repentance? They don't like it. They don't like preaching on it. Why is that? Yeah, it's like a host of other biblical topics. Uh, you know, the doctrine of eternal punishment or uh, the, the idea that we're guilty sinners in and of itself. Those aren't popular messages. If, if someone's going to be angry at you for what you've preached— it's going to be that you've called him into repentance or you said he was guilty of sin or you talked about the coming judgment of God or, or whatever. Those are things people who are in bondage to sin and in love with their sin don't want to hear. So it's not popular. And we live in an era of pragmatism where so many preachers have actually been taught in seminary that you know their goal is to draw the biggest possible audience meet people's felt needs give people what they're looking for and so we've got a generation of ear tickling preachers who are too timid to to preach the whole gospel the way jesus did uh and i think at the heart of that then lies a a desire it's just it's a pharisaical desire for the praise of men Hmm. Did you did you edit uh, John's book, Ashamed of the Gospel? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. that's the book that got me interested in so much in Spurgeon. Well, 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 that book was also pretty influential to me in the whole, um, the way the gospel has been marketed and the way we've been pragmatic. And would you say there's a there's a huge, probably one of the largest churches in America in the Southeast, who went to the pastor went to DTS. His dad was a longtime preacher uh, and very very faithful to Scripture. And he has made statements in the last few years, uh, pretty much that. And now people are saying that this this particular church and their leaders are actually uh, going into LGBTQ affirming kind of ideologies in the church. Um, in that book, Ashamed of the Gospel, when did y'all write that? That that was back in the 80s too, wasn't it? It was 1992. 92. You were talking about those things back then happening, right? You were talking about how this yeah. pragmatism would 
cripple the church and and it it is happening how are y'all still seeing that book is it can you still get that book ashamed of the gospel is it out there or is it out of print now yes it is yeah no it's still in print uh crossway publishes it you can get it from gty.org or, or call grace to you and and order it we still have it it's still in print and it's as timely as ever uh, and in fact, it traces the history of Spurgeon and the downgrade controversy. And since I mentioned that in your first segment, I should say, what, what you're seeing is the playing out of that. It was 1992 that John MacArthur sort of wrote that book and analyzed the dangers of pragmatism and said, look, this is a whole new downgrade. And now we're seeing the progression of that, how it's drawing churches, large churches like the one you're talking about. Uh, away from any commitment to the authority of Scripture. I mean, that, that preacher that you're, you're talking about has made a series of comments over the last three or four years um, where he that seem like direct attacks on the authority of Scripture. He says, you know, when you're, when you're talking to non-Christians, you shouldn't quote the Bible. Uh, don't give them Bible verses. Tell them, you know, that Paul said this or or Jesus said this, or whatever, but don't refer to Scripture. It's as if he's afraid of the authority of Scripture. He even said we need to unhitch from the Old Testament, not even go into any of the Old Testament, which is ludicrous because when Paul talked about according to the Scriptures in 1 Corinthians, when he shared the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, the only Scriptures they were talking about then were the Old Testament Scriptures, right? I mean, wasn't he talking that's right. about That's right. So that's crazy for anybody. And I just heard the other day that his church is the largest church in America. I mean, because of all the campuses and all the people there. And that's just really sad. But that book struck me. So I want to highly encourage you, if you're out there and you want to – you want to learn about pragmatism and the dangers of it and marketing the church. And, you know, uh, Phil, just to go off, we got a, a, like two minutes. Uh, Bill Hybels, who was, a, I, I believe, and you would know better than me, a disciple of Robert Schuler, kind of in the whole pragmatic seeker friendly stuff, ended up repenting. And all that stuff, uh, Willow Creek type model, that all is just pragmatism, isn't it? It is. I, I wouldn't say he repented because he actually took the church in a worse direction. But there came a time around 12 or 13 years ago where he acknowledged that their pragmatic approach to reaching people, the, the, the idea that you, you, you meet people's felt needs, he said it's not producing real disciples. He acknowledged that. Mm. Uh, and then he, then he moved further towards the emerging church and uh, uh, whatever. He's retired from ministry now and that church i think is pastored by a woman well and that doesn't surprise me and and we're gonna go to a break here um uh for our news break on the half hour but and when we come back from the break i'm just gonna prep you i want you to uh, delve into it a little bit with me on the whole idea uh, of women elders pastors the the sbc just had a big deal about that and i want to talk to you guys about the kind of blowback y'all might have been getting out there as you take stands on this and how we as believers should stand, uh, you know, for these biblical truths, because some people are saying this is not a big issue. 
you know, women elders, women pastors, it's not, it's not a, it's not a real big issue. It's a way secondary issue. And I would, I'd like to hear what y'all at Grace Church are doing as elders, as y'all look at this particular issue and wokeness issues. Can we do that when we come back from the break? Sure, absolutely. All right. Hey, you're listening to Phil Johnson, the executive director of Grace to You. Uh, I just want to give you some websites again. The movie coming out called The Essential Church is EssentialChurchMovie.com. Go to there and get your tickets. Uh, it is showing here in Jacksonville. I'm not sure about Virginia, Mississippi, or Georgia. You can go to EssentialChurchMovie.com and check it out. Grace to You's website, the GTY.org. Great resources there. Go to there. Romans45.org for Spurgeon and church history. Salvation Army. The Salvation Salvation Army today. Cafe Connection happens every Wednesday. It's a place where friends of the Salvation Army in Whitby, Ontario, have a chance to get together to enjoy meaningful conversation, connection, and a delicious cup of coffee. The vision was to create a safe space where Majors Ken and Donnett Percy, pastors, along with the church leadership team, could bring friends into the church, allowing them to temporarily set aside their daily challenges, connect, and have a good time. Cafe Connection allows church members to meet and support new friends, understand their needs, build healthy relationships, and offer hope to others. Since it began, it's evolved into a multi-purpose space. Learn more at sawhitby.ca. There's some delays because of a crash on I-95 northbound at 8th Street near downtown. Also, there's an accident on I-95 southbound at the south end of the Trout River Bridge. And there's a crash on the West Beltway 295 northbound at US-17 Roosevelt Boulevard. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 77. Friday, partly sunny, high 94. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, Right now I'm losing bad Stood on this stage night after night Hey, this is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. The SWAT Radio uh, started about six years ago out of the SWAT Bible Studies here in the Jacksonville area. And uh, we now broadcast in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, and Georgia, and through the internet. And I'm excited that uh, we have Phil Johnson here today. Phil, my co-host Brad Sykes, who's here Monday through Wednesday, uh, said he was sorry he couldn't be here. He's been very influenced by you guys at Grace to You as well. And I just again thank you so much for what y'all do. I know you have a lot of stuff to deal with, <laughs> a lot of stuff to do. And um, we appreciate all the work you did. It is not for naught. There's a lot of people that have been influenced and are very grateful for what y'all do at Grace to You. So thank you again, brother. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, uh, Phil, one of the uh, recent, I mean, 
this is not a recent controversy. It's been going on for, for quite a while. But, uh, you know, you talked about uh, Willow Creek having a, a female pastor. Saddleback has a husband-wife pastor, or at least they the, the wife has gotten up and is seen as kind of like a leader there. And they, they the Southern Baptist actually just, you know, exited some churches that that was going on. And they had this big controversy about it. It created a stir in a lot of places about whether a female can be a pastor. And Rick Warren cited Bible passages. And I heard him when he got up to speak there, and he said, you know, this is a secondary issue like eschatology or, you know, something else. Where do where do you guys at Grace Church as elders? Where have you all kind of landed on that? Because that's a common uh, argument right now that people are making too big a deal about it uh, with the women. How have you all dealt with it as elders there? Yeah, well, you know, our view is to call somebody something a secondary issue is not to suggest that it it's unimportant, um, and it depends on how you define secondary issue. I would say a primary issue, uh, a fundamental or essential doctrine would be any truth that is so uh, so much at the heart of the gospel itself that if you deny it, you're not really even a believer, like the deity of Christ or whatever. Then there are, then there are these sort of truths that fit on a slightly lower tier where I think you, you can doubt or question or misconstrue, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're not a Christian, but you might, you still could be seriously wrong. I would say people who question the doctrine of eternal punishment or the ordination of women, the, the history of what happens to people's faith when they begin to question or undermine those doctrines is pretty clear. That leads directly to apostasy, if not for the person who raises the question, for people who are influenced by him. So so a truth on that level, and I would say the 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 truth that, you know, God, God or, ordered the church so that men would be elders and pastors and not women. Uh, once you give that up, what you've essentially done is, is, deny the authority of Scripture, because there are plain statements in Scripture where Paul says, for example, I, I don't permit a woman to teach or usurp authority over men. That's not unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in order, to, in order to accommodate women as elders, ordaining women as, as pastors, you, you have to basically say uh, that that verse doesn't mean what it says. And so you start to explain around it. And if you can do that with such a clear statement of Scripture— you can really do it with anything. Hmm. And and so it undermines the authority of Scripture. And again, look over just the past 150 years at the denominations uh, and and movements that have featured women in, in the pastoral role. It is a path towards apostasy and, and um, you know, error, serious hmm. error. There isn't a denomination that that hasn't adjusted their doctrinal statement to accommodate women that has managed to stay faithful to the authority of scripture. Hmm. Well, one of the, uh, the things that the term wokeness has been really, uh, it, it's almost overused, but it, it, it encompasses a lot of different things. And I just want to 
commend you guys for bringing in Daryl Harrison out there. We've had Daryl and Virgil on several times on the radio, and I know he's <clears throat> he does the social me- media stuff, but he deals a lot with the wokeness uh, and its impact on the American church and on the believers here. Uh, one of the trends that we're seeing now in a lot of churches, in fact, I mentioned it a couple of days ago, there's 20 churches here in Jacksonville alone that are what is called LGBTQ affirming. That, In other words, you can yeah. be in a homosexual lifestyle and go to the church and it's okay because you're forgiven. Uh have have you guys gotten a lot of pressure out there because of your quote stand on this it, it being hate speech because i know that it's impacting other churches like in wisconsin and washington areas right are, are y'all getting blowback uh from the city or from the, the community for your stances on these issues out there not yet, but that's inevitable. And we do on the radio, the Graceview radio broadcast, in certain uh, certain countries, and so far not, not so much in America, but in Canada or England, uh, if you even read the scriptures that declare homosexuality an abomination, they will fine you. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't say those things on the radio mm-hmm. by law. So, you know, we've had to pay some fines uh, for our teaching, but... But that's inevitable. That's coming. You can see the drift of, uh, you know, litigation in America, The some of the Supreme Court decisions about forcing bakers to bake cakes and so on. It, it, it will soon be illegal for churches to, to uh, j- j- simply say that homosexuality is sinful. That's, a, that's what, what's known as a protected class now, you know? Well, are 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 you guys dealing with this issue of the pressure to be LGBTQ affirming for the people in your body? Because I know that's a question that we're starting to get asked, like from people who say, "What do I do at work if I'm told I got to use the right pronouns when I don't want to yeah. affirm a delusion?" How, are y'all having to deal with that at all out there? Yes, yeah, some, and I, in fact, have a standard r- reply that I send to people who, who are struggling with issues like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we, there's been some people, I think, in our flock who have either had to change jobs or they got fired from their job because they wouldn't sign an agreement to, uh, to use someone's preferred pronouns or recognize someone who's transsexual, you know, and pretend that this man is really a woman, that sort of thing. Are, are you, I mean, are, are you guys out there, you know, because the argument that comes from some pretty influential as far as, you know, just their influence over media and stuff uh, in the Christian community who, and 10 years ago, you would have considered them very conservative in their view of scripture are now saying, you know, it's a loving thing to do that. You know, it's, it's unloving to not use those pronouns, to not do those things like um, you know, what, how, how are y'all helping your people? How are y'all discipling your people to walk in this kind of thing out there? Yeah, no, well, we've explained that as Christians, our commitment is to the truth and you, you're not showing love. If you participate in a lie, mm-hmm. love and the truth go hand in hand. Um, and that's the whole message of, uh, second John, the little epistle of second John, uh, 
uh, if, you, if you read that short epistle, uh, John ties the word love with the word truth over and over and over. Mm-hmm. He writes to his children whom I love in the truth. And, and in, in the end of that epistle, the last six or seven verses, he's talking about what to do if someone comes to your door and they preach a different gospel. They want to be embraced as a brother or sister in Christ. He says, don't, don't, don't let someone like that in your house even, and don't give them a greeting, he says, because if you even give them a greeting, you are become a participator in their evil deeds. Mm-hmm. And the principle applies here, that if you, if, you, if you go along with someone's lie, in the name of love, that's not really love at all, because love is committed to the truth. And the loving thing to do uh, with someone who's sinfully deluded is to point out that their delusion is incorrect Mm. and that they need to repent of it. Uh, I think you do that as kindly as possible, obviously. But if you if you participate in the lie, instead of telling them the truth, you're not showing them love. Mm. You're you're, you know, greasing the the slide for them into hell. Yeah, that that's a, a good word. Well, again, I want to let our listeners know there's there's some good resources out there, gty.org. And listen, let me just encourage you. If you listen to SWAT radio a lot, you know we've referred to this um, this ministry a lot. Drop them a line. You can go to their website. You can reach out to them. Let them know. Let them know that you've been ministered to by them. Donate to them. Uh, I give to that ministry. I love the ministry. It is a great ministry of God's word. Um, I think they've got every sermon or just about every sermon MacArthur's preached and put out there and um, made those resources available at no charge. Uh, You can just go there. Uh, The other website, EssentialChurchMovie.com. We're going to be right back after our last break. Stay tuned, Phil, and listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Arlington at 91.7. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war, I can never be, never be free without Never be me without you. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries on July 13th. We are live. We have Phil Johnson from Grace to You as our guest today. And um, again, uh, so thankful for the ministry of Grace to You. Uh, Phil has edited just about, I think, every book John MacArthur has written. And um, Phil, was I right when I said y'all have cataloged all of his messages on there on gty.org. Uh, yeah, that right? that's right. There's that is right. There are there are 3,500 messages there, and the oldest one there is the first message John MacArthur ever preached as a pastor of Grace Community Church back in 1969. <laughs> it's a message titled "How to Play Church." If you want to look it up and listen to his first sermon at Grace Church, that's it. That's, How to play church. That's great. Well, you know. Uh, when you listen to these messages, like a lot of them are, well, not a lot of them, but I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're kind of rationed out there, some from the seventies, eighties, nineties. But if you go back and you listen to a message from 1973, it's just as relevant today as it was back then, because John exposits the word. Speak a little bit about that, Phil, because that that's something that's always struck me about listening to those older messages is he could preach that same message next Sunday and it's just as relevant even though it was you know 50 years ago yeah that's exactly right in fact we uh, frequently broadcast on the radio messages that he preached in the early 70s and uh, other than the sound of his voice you can hear he's much younger then uh, you wouldn't know that he's not you know preaching to the the current situation because it's biblical truth it, it it fits into any zip code and any timeline and in fact that first message how to pray, play church deals with the 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 dangers of false faith the artificial faith it's from matthew 7 um and it was it was really his first message on the lordship issue that you and i talked about earlier in, in the hour um if you want to hear his earliest message on the lordship uh, debate, that's it. Mm. The first sermon he ever preached. Well, that, you know, that that whole issue, like I said, we, we for the next few weeks are still going through this issue of the kingdom of God. Uh, we're talking about repentance and the, the difference between true belief and just assent. And that, that issue has been around for so long. Do you think that the impotence that we see in the American church today is a result from a gospel that has not been a kingdom gospel preached, but more of a, a cultural gospel? <laughs> yeah, emphatically, yes. I think that's at the root of a lot of the problems that have have made churches so weak today, so weak and worldly. And it's interesting, you and I didn't consult on this before uh, this hour, but that's that's the very thing I'm teaching on on Sunday. I'm preparing a message on on the danger of uh, 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 a, a crippled gospel, where you leave the the doctrine of repent, the call to repentance out, uh, where you you refuse to mention the lordship of Christ because you're afraid that's going to provoke people to think you know that they have to do some work in order to be saved. That's not how Jesus preached. He wasn't. He wasn't afraid at all to call people to obedience and repentance, and and uh, he stressed that faith is what saves you. But um, in order for that to even 
make sense to to an unredeemed person. He has to first see how impotent he is to to do what God demands of him, so that he realizes his need for a savior, uh, and and that's the only way the gospel can be effective. But instead. We've been addicted to these gospel messages that start out by saying God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, and the sinner goes, uh, "That's great. Let's. Uh, I'm having a wonderful life. I'll just add Jesus to it and keep going like I've been." There's no repentance. There's no. There's no regeneration. There's no change of heart in the person. Yet he thinks he's a sinner, and so what you've actually done is inoculate that person against. Uh, you've inoculated him against the gospel. Hmm. Well, I've listened to, I, I, gosh, I bet I've listened to at least 600 messages from grace to you, maybe more, maybe a thousand. I'm, and I've listened to almost all your Q and A's. I don't think I've ever heard John say anything that I thought closely, uh, even resembled a works based gospel. He preaches grace and yet he's accused of preaching a works-based gospel simply for talking about the kingdom aspect or the lordship aspect, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, I, that has to be hard because I know you guys, you're about grace. The name of your ministry is grace to you. The whole thing that you try to get across, he, he, I've never heard him say it's anything you do. It's always about God. But you talk about the full gospel there of the kingdom and his lordship, and um, that I'm just so I'm I'm grateful that God brought y'all into my life for that. And uh, you know, it, are you finding it harder and harder in California, or have y'all just continued to see a steady stream of people still responding to that message out there? You know, people are still responding. Um, um, you know, as I said, there's always a remnant, a faithful remnant. There are always people whose hearts are prepared to hear the gospel. Uh, Jesus said the fields are white with harvest, and that's been our experience. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the COVID crisis, when you know, the government was making an effort to shut us down and all of that, I think a lot of us were thinking this, the outcome of this could be really difficult for the church. It's going to negatively affect the economy. Uh, which is going to make it hard for us to be able to afford, you know, just to even keep the church running. Uh, and and it, it looked bleak for a few weeks. But the truth is, looking back on that, um, that whole episode was the greatest impetus for growth for our church that I think probably in the history of Grace Community Church. Hmm. People flocked to the church uh, because we were open when everything else was closed, and we were still preaching the gospel uh, and giving people hope in a in a in a time when government and media were determined to to discourage and depress people with bad news all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know when the church is proclaiming good news, uh, there are always going to be people hungry to hear it. Well, I we you know we prayed about one issue, and I remember specifically when you guys were going through the whole COVID lockdown things and they, people were not, there was a group. I, I don't know if y'all had a parking lot or a satellite off or close to it, but we prayed about it because you guys were, they had threatened to not renew your lease or something. Can, can you update us on yeah, that? That's uh, right. 
Well, part of part of Grace Church's parking lot runs alongside uh, what's called the Wash. It's a it's a concrete river that's usually empty, but it's designed to drain water off when it rains in L.A. And of course, the county owns that property and an easement on either side side of it, and they have leased the easement for years to the church. Uh, because you can't you can't build on it, so they let us use it for parking. And we had several hundred parking spaces on property that was rented from the local government. And they became so frustrated with uh, the church when they couldn't close us down that they sent notice and said, "We're not going to renew the lease on the on the parking easement." So we they were threatening to take away what would have been a significant portion, I think maybe as much as twenty five percent of our parking which that's the biggest limitation on on grace church's growth always has been the parking lots we need more parking space than we have and so this was this would have been a really serious blow but the courts said you can't do that you can't you can't uh, use uh, the 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 threat that you're going to take away their parking as a punitive measure simply because you don't have the legal clout to close this church down. Uh, so they weren't able to, they weren't able to do that. And, uh, you know, those, those parking spaces now, as I understand it, are then therefore guaranteed to the, to the church as long as, as long as the city owns that property. Well, great. That's a good answer to prayer then. That, thanks for that update. Hey, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, I know that people can't register for the Shepherds Conference until uh, the fall, but it's March 6th through 8th, 20 to 24, and any pastors, church leaders out there, I mean, anybody can go to it. Uh, I, I highly encourage you to look at the Shepherds Conference. You can go to shepherdsconference.org. Uh, Phil, are there any other conferences you guys are doing in 2023 prior to that right now? Anything on the books? Like, I know y'all have done a Truth Matters conference. You got anything coming up? Not here. Not here at Grace Church or uh, with Grace to You. We are planning a conference in connection with G3 next year in the fall of 2024 which will be kind of a follow-up to our Strange Fire Conference. We'll be talking about the issue of continuationism and the spiritual gifts, and I think that's probably going to be very well attended. So watch for that. If you're interested in coming, be sure you sign up early, because that will fill up quickly. And that'll be in uh, California, or will it be in Atlanta, where G3 is? No, it'll be in, in California. Okay. All right. And then, then there is the G, G3 conference in Atlanta. Some of us are speaking there. Daryl will be there. I'll be there. Uh, that's, that's, we have a pretty close partnership with G3. We love those guys and what they're doing. Uh, so if you want me to mention that, then that's in October, the G3 conference in Atlanta. Yeah, you'll be speaking there? Yeah, and I'll, I'll let people know uh, about that. Uh, that that'll, that'll be great to see you there uh, i think i'm going to try to go up to that and definitely going to try to come to the shepherd's conference in fact brad and i want to try to come do you give media passes to that where we can get media interviews and stuff <laughs> i don't know you know that's a that's grace church's conference it's not grace to you but uh give me give me uh, 
give me notice a couple of months before, and I'll see what I can do if I if I have any clout with the guys who play that. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I I I've, I would love to come. I, I'd just love to be able to walk around and interview people. You have such great people that come and speak. Well, Phil, our time is up. Thank you for giving me an hour on your Thursday uh, to talk to our listeners and just uh, let us have a conversation about some of these important topics. Before we go out, uh, how can we pray for you? Real quick, we got about 30 seconds. Uh, just pray that the Lord continues to bless our ministry and uh, uh, give us a voice to proclaim the gospel as long as uh, as long as it's His will. Okay. Hey, give to grace to you. Go to gty.org. Donate. Use their resources. Spread the word. Pray for Phil Johnson and uh, Dr. John MacArthur out there. And um, again, go see that movie, EssentialChurchMovie.com. Check it out for local listings where it may be showing in your area. And uh, send GTY. Uh, go 